0: Well, we had a hell of a weekend in sports. Sucks if you're a football fan. Sucks if you're a Met fan. Uh, sucks if you're worried about Kyrie Irving's vaccination status. But really, really, really good if you're a Yankee fan. For the wrestling fans, I got to be honest, I almost forgot there was a big event on Sunday night, the Extreme Rules pay-per-view. So I put it on. I had it on in the background watching the end of the 4 o'clock games, watching the Yankee game watching a little bit of the Sunday Night Game. And by the way, my first reaction is, as much crap as the WWE gets, and it deserves a lot of the crap it gets, especially because AEW has been far superior, and I will do a little AEW discussion in this instant reaction of Extreme Rules. The WWE's big events or pay-per-views or whatever you want to call it, they tend to be pretty good. They tend to have good wrestling matches as much as we mock they don't care about wrestling they don't like to use the term wrestling their big events tend to have pretty good matches but let's start with the main event roman reigns against the demon finn balor first of all i like finn balor i've always been a fan i remember a few years ago even suggesting that would be a great main event wrestlemania win a championship kind of guy he was the first universal champion so at some point They obviously really believed in Finn Balor. But the thing I can't stand about him, and it's not really him, the thing I can't stand about the way they book him is the way they use this demon character. Now, I I was never a huge NXT fan. I wasn't watching it all the time. But I think Finn Balor as the demon, Finn Balor with the makeup on, Finn Balor being this mysterious, scary individual, always occurred at pay-per-views. But the way they've used it over the last few years is it's sporadic. I mean, they were even saying on the broadcast tonight, and I did not have enough energy to fact check it, that he's never lost in the WWE when he's been the demon. I just find it so weird how they whip that out every once in a while. Now, there was never a second you thought they were going to put the belt on him. They're not taking it away from Roman. They're not taking it away from him at Extreme Rules. And no offense to Finn, they're not taking it away to give the belt to Finn Balor, but as I was watching the demon character, and it's hokey, it's over the top, it's crazy, I I would just prefer that that's who he is. That that's it, that's Finn Balor. And yes, on Monday Night Raw or on SmackDown, he comes out to a regular open and he's a regular dude. But when he's at the big event and he's fighting for a championship or he's fighting in this great feud, then he puts the makeup on and goes crazy. I mean, he's only done it what would you say, five times in the WWE? I think he did it once with Bray Wyatt. I think he did it in that first-ever Universal title match against Seth Rollins years ago. So as I'm watching this match, I'm thinking, like, why, why not just let him be Finn Balor? With that said, the ending of this match was effing weird. And I guess that's good, because how else were you going to end this pay-per-view? Were you just going to end it with Roman Reigns winning, no surprise, no music going on for Brock Lesnar like we had at SummerSlam, like, what were you going to do? And what were you going to do to keep the demon strong? And so, as odd as that ending was, and I'm about to pick it apart, I guess it accomplished keeping Finn Balor the demon strong? Because while he lost, he lost because for some mysterious reason, the ropes went out. Now, are they furthering that storyline? Like, we going to find out? Why the hell the ropes went out? Or was that just some weird coincidence? Like, the wrestling gods just love Roman Reigns so much that he got this break that his Finn Balor was about to win the Universal Championship. He's on the top rope, standing there like a mannequin for a few extra seconds, because that was weird. Boom, the ropes go out. Now, my prediction would be they are not furthering it. My prediction would be Finn Balor is about to go and become a mid Carter. <laughs> That's probably what's going to happen. So... It was odd, especially with the music. I mean, it's one thing to have everything turn red, though that really didn't work for Bray Wyatt years ago. To have everything turn red and the music is kind of like his heartbeat, but then his entrance music's playing. So as Finn's going for this win and he's climbing the top rope, they're playing his freaking music. It It was very, very weird, but I guess I give them credit that it was different as opposed to Roman just beating him cleanly And moving on, though, I do like the fact that Roman's had a lot of different opponents over the last few months. He's going over everybody. He continues to look strong and he's remaining universal champion. And and I fully expect that in less than a month at that blood money crown jewel event, he's going to go over Brock Lesnar. I would think. I mean, I assume they gave Brock a big payday just to come back for crown jewel. I don't think he's coming back for anything else. So logic would say Roman's going to beat him. And he should. And he should beat him clean. He should destroy him. I mean, this is the best thing this business has going. Or this company has going. Because certainly the business has other things going. But really, when you look at the WWE right now, and even the rest of this event, this is the best thing they have going. Though, the women's stuff is really interesting. I like, and I don't know if I'm in the majority on this, I like the way Becky Lynch has been booked. I said this after SummerSlam. I thought it was kind of cool. The surprise entrance the cheap victory, and then you can build something off of it with Bianca Belair, and they did that. You know, it sucks that we didn't have a real ending. It's not overly surprising we didn't have a real ending because I don't think Bianca was ever going to job, and you're obviously not taking the belt this quickly off of Becky, so it sort of makes sense to get Sasha involved, and that'll be a great three-way feud, and that's what it'll be. I'm sure that'll be a big match at Survivor Series. It could even main event Survivor Series. Why the hell not? Becky Lynch certainly has the star power. Sasha's big star. Bianca Belair is really coming to her own as a star. So I would say I think that angle is, is interesting. I do like what they've done with the Sasha Banks. Well, now Sasha Banks, but Bianca Belair, Becky Lynch stuff. Becky is so over that even as a heel, and she's a good heel, She's going to get a lot of cheers, and that's fine. I don't think you have to be that crazy about it if you're the WWE Booker as a heel, Booker as a badass, Booker as a well badass slash. I'm looking for cheap victories, and people are going to love her. So even though we didn't get an ending, I thought that match was fine. Uh, the U.S. title match, whatever. I mean, Sheamus and Jeff Hardy are still in the WWE. Cool. The Charlotte-Alexa Bliss match sucked, and everything about it sucks. I mean, I, I don't get the Alexa Bliss character. I don't. And the WWE fans are starting to jump the shark, too. Because how do you start chanting, Thank you, Lily, after that stupid thing was destroyed? That, that's one thing I've noticed, because I am going to do a little AEW in this. Being at Arthur Ashe Stadium, watching AEW mostly every week, I watch a good portion of it. I certainly find myself watching more of Dynamite than I do Raw and SmackDown. You know, I've always said that I DVR, and this is the way it's always been for a long time. I DVR Raw, I DVR SmackDown, and now Dynamite and Rampage are part of that DVR. And sometimes I'll get through these events in 10 minutes. Sometimes I'll fly right through it. Storylines aren't appealing. Matches aren't that interesting. So I always keep, even when I'm not as into wrestling as I have in the past, I'm always updated on what's going on because I'll go through it real quick. Now, sometimes if a show is good, it'll take me an hour and a half to get it through a show. I'll actually watch it as opposed to skimming it for five to ten minutes. I do find myself watching a lot more Dynamite mainly because they are so different in many, many ways. And not all of this is going to be complimentary. I'm not, what do they say, an AEW mark. Like, I'm going to call it like it is. I'll give you an example before I... Mostly wax poetic about AEW. (laughs) If the Street Profits against The New Day, which was a tremendous tag team match at this event, if that match occurred on AEW, we would all be talking it up more than ignoring its existence now, if that makes any sense. I think there is a part of us that puts over AEW more... Because it's AEW. That doesn't mean that it's not well-deserved. I think it just means that if there's a great wrestling match, like Street Profits New Day tonight, that was a great tag team championship wrestling match, I think we're more likely to talk about how great it is if it came under the AEW banner. But here's what AEW does that right now is different and is working. They don't look at the big event or the pay-per-view as the end-all be-all. WWE has been formulaic for the last 30 years, 25 years, where Raw and SmackDown is a way to get to the pay-per-view. Now, obviously, we're in the WWE Network era, so these pay-per-views aren't, you know, 50, 60 bucks. If you have the network, you have it. But they're still under that formula, even though they don't necessarily need to be because their profits aren't coming from the buy rate of a pay-per-view. But... That trend's continued. I mean, think about the formula of Raw and SmackDown. It's been the same for 25 years. We're building to the next big event. That's our end game. Our end game is here's our main event, here are the feuds, now, here are the storylines for us to get there. And look, from a profit standpoint, from a I understand why they've done that for a million years. That's why there was so much criticism against WCW for booking Goldberg and Hulk Hogan on regular TV, right? Think about it. That, that's criticized all these years later. Why? They gave us this incredible first-time-ever match on free TV. Isn't that what AEW is giving us? They only have four pay-per-views a year the old-school WWF model from many years ago. But they give us great television. And the reason they gave us great television is, yeah, the obvious. They focus more on wrestling. They have great wrestlers. Their storylines are more creative. They've given more power to the actual performers. All that stuff's true, and all that stuff is great. But their formula is so different. They took AEW's Dynamite Grand Slam and Rampage Grand Slam, the event I was at, the event a lot of us may be listening were at, and they made that a TV event. WWE never does that. They never. Now, they're going to start to do that. Want to know why they're going to start to do that? Because they realize that AEW's got something going. Now, this will never be the Monday Night Wars of WCW because we live in a different world. We live in a world in which you can watch everything. Look at me. I'm watching everything. If you're a wrestling fan, you're watching everything. You don't have to choose one or the other. You had to in the late 90s. You had to choose because they were on at the same time and we were prior to the DVR days. So even though it isn't a choice, and even though the WWE may not necessarily feel threatened in terms of, wow, we're going to go out of business the way they may have felt in the late 90s, they're going to start doing things different. The fact that on this pay-per-view, this big event, They already started building towards a title match on Monday Night Raw that they already have announced is opening the show. That's inspired by AEW. Now, you want to tell me, oh, it's happened before, Evan, stop it. Look, A lot of things have happened before, but I certainly think they see what they're doing. They see what they're doing effectively, and maybe they're going to start to change it because when was the last time? You have consistently watched Raw, SmackDown, and said, wow, those matches, not match, those matches were great. You've never said that. You haven't said it since the SmackDown 6 era in the mid-2000s. So besides the obvious about what AEW is doing so well, they just have a really different formula. And that formula is, we're going to give you a really good show every single week, sometimes with great build. And we're going to give our performers time. Now, as far as Dynamite was concerned, the event from Wednesday night at Arthur Ashe Stadium, here's my one critique, and it's a weird critique, but hear me out on it. So I got to Arthur Ashe about 7.15, 7.30 after the show, took the train over there. Great facility. I don't ever remember being in Arthur Ashe Stadium. I have been to the U.S. Open, but I only remember the heart players. I don't remember anything from inside that stadium or if I was even in that stadium, to be honest with you. Beautiful. And really what AEW, I think, showed New York City is that we should have more events at Arthur Ashe Stadium. It's a retractable roof. I didn't get to see that because the roof was closed. But beautiful facility. So I walk in, I sit down, I'm spoiled. I'm at ringside seats. Thank you to AEW for that. Um, I see the giant, the big show, Paul White, whatever the hell you want to call him. And I'm cracking up thinking I'm at Nitro in 1997. But they opened up Dynamite with Danielson against Omega. Now, the fact they gave us Danielson against Omega, you could argue reeks of Goldberg-Hogan. But here's the difference. Number one, they're going to continue it. That was the thing I never understood about WCW. It wasn't bad that they gave us Hogan-Goldberg. It wasn't bad that they even put the belt on Goldberg. It was bad that it never happened again. You can use your TV, give us a great product, have a big event on TV, and still sell us on a pay-per-view. You could do both. And I bet your ass that's what AEW is going to do. We had Omega Danielson. We had 30 minutes of just insane wrestling. Just a great wrestling match. Uh, I mean, I thought Daniel Bryan, uh, Bryan Danielson's neck broke five times. But it was great. Everything about it was fantastic. Now, am I a little biased because I was that close? Maybe. Am I biased because I'm a fan of Daniel Bryan, Bryan Danielson? We'll just call him Bryan Danielson. That is his name. Sure. Am I a little biased that I met him the day before outside the studios of WFA? And Sure. But that was an awesome wrestling match. And they're going to give it to us again. We're going to get a conclusion, hence why they booked it as a time limit draw, which in the moment sucks, and I said it to my friends I was there with, but I get it long term. The booking makes sense. But here's the negative: crowd never matched that intensity again. I never matched that intensity again. It doesn't mean the crowd was dead afterwards. It wasn't. The crowd certainly peaked many times for CM Punk, not only his promo on Dynamite, but his match against uh, Hobbs. But that was like th- that was the main event. And sometimes the problem with opening the show with a main event that everyone wants to see is you peak too early. So I never thought the place was dead afterwards, but I was tired. Like, I was emotionally exhausted because that was such a great wrestling match that you found yourself invested in. So, hell of a match. Now, here's my negative, all right? And and I I guess I give a little bit of credit to Punk because Punk is going to acknowledge and has acknowledged this negative, But I'll say it, he has become soft. Now, I don't know what that is because I'm not sure who's booking AEW. It sounds like the wrestlers come up with their own stuff. But I need an edge to CM Punk. There's no edge to CM Punk. I mean, I'm so happy to be here. I love everybody. I'm going to make everybody better. Uh, Shut the hell up. That's not CM Punk. See, and look, I get it. Steve Austin needed to be a rival of Vince McMahon. Howard Stern needs to hate his boss. CM Punk needs to be pissed off. He can't be so happy. He can't be so everything is so great. I may be the only one who thinks it because Punk's over with the crowd, but I don't want to stand up and mark out for CM Punk. He's just soft right now. Give Give me the real CM Punk. So that's my thoughts on him. I'm curious where they go with him. I mean, I guess you can go through the whole crew of Team Taz. I was hoping Taz was going to walk right in front of me so I could taunt him. I wasn't sure if I was going to taunt Taz or, like, kind of kiss his ass. I was, I was, like, kind of on the fence because I'm one of those wrestling fans that when I go to a live show, I tend to root for the heels. So I was a big Hobbs fan. When Hobbs was taking on CM Punk, uh, Powerhouse Hobbs, I'm standing up there. I'm making eye contact with him. I'm like, you're my man, powerhouse Hobbs. Kick his, that soft man's ass, CM Punk. So I probably would have been like, hey, Taz, you carried Moose, baby. Because remember, they did a show together. I have no idea who carried who. I, I don't think I ever listened to it. No offense to them. But I think I would have said that. Never got the chance. But it was a great show. Really was. It was a really, really, really good show. And AEW's got something going on right now. And what they got and what they have going on that's working is that it's different. And that's the key. And yes, the wrestling's great. No doubt about it. The wrestling is mostly great. But like I said earlier, the WWE, when they have their big events and they happen once a month, tend to have really good wrestling matches. So I would just give you this homework assignment if you watched Extreme Rules or you're listening to this podcast because you don't want to watch Extreme Rules and you figure I'm just giving you a quick uh, recap. Watch it, close your eyes, pretend it was AEW. What would you think about it? That's all I'm saying. What would you think about it? Now, uh, let me make something clear. AEW is far superior right now. It's a better product. I've enjoyed it a lot more. I just like to take a step back and try to be fair about things. And that's all I'm saying. By the way, the rest of this uh, event... They had the tri- uh, six-man tag match. AW calls it the trios tag team match. Biggie, Kofi, Xavier Woods, New Day against Lashley, AJ, Omas. I like the fact that we're not just going with a customary. All right, Biggie, Lashley feud. I know they're fighting on Raw, but it getting AJ involved is a really good thing because AJ Styles needs to be in the main event. AJ Styles shouldn't just be in a tag team division with Omas. Having AJ involved in that feud, I think, will enhance it. I think it will make it better. And by the way, one other comment about AEW. Every time I look at AJ Styles, I look at him and say, you probably belong there. I mean, because right now, besides what I laid out about the difference between the two companies, AEW is about wrestling. AEW is about kicks to the head. The WWE is about big, strong, muscular giants. So when AJ Styles is in WWE, you say, you belong over in AEW. Give me AJ Styles, Kenny Omega. Give me AJ Styles, Adam Cole, even though I guess you could have had that the last couple of years. But either way, maybe that'll happen eventually. Who knows? Because I definitely think that we are going to see more WWE guys say, boy, I like what they're doing over there. Let me make that jump. But overall, uh, the pay-per-view was okay. The big event was okay. It was just distracting because Joey Gallo's dropping fly balls in left field and the Yankees are finding ways to win anyway. What a crazy weekend. The Jets are an embarrassment. The Giants may be more of an embarrassment. And the New York Yankees all of a sudden are hot again. Can you figure that out? Craig and I will talk more about it during the week 2 o'clock on The Fan. I hope you enjoyed this edition of, I guess this was Instant Reaction Extreme Rules, but also AEW Talk. Either way, thanks for listening. Evan Roberts Podcast. Goodbye.